Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. This is Eat and Drink with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. The podcast where back of house Ali and front of house Marco talk food and drink. Heads up. These two spent decades in restaurants, so some mature content and language is bound to come up. Get ready for Eat and Drink. Forks up. I'm just going to say I'm really excited to make this drink. This is Eat and Drink. <laughs> I'm Marco Dimpano. So excited. I'm Ali Hassan. I'm excited to see what this guy's excited about. We are no longer face-to-face, as is, uh, as is the suggestion and uh, recommendation by uh, those in the know. So I all I know is I saw you brought a lot of because we are also what we do is we are on FaceTime with each other. That's right. And uh, and we are also, you know, talking by headphones and, and microphones. But I never explained stuff. that. We've never really explained it. But I see stuff. I see you're crowding yourself. With oh, stuff. Man. So and you hate you hate drinks that require a lot of effort. But it feels like you're making some effort today. Finally, it's definitely some effort. That's Ali Hassan, by the way. And I'm Marco Timpano, in case we didn't mention it. I mentioned uh, it. Oh, okay, great. Well, so. Ali, <laughs> the, you know me, I love to do an old cocktail. Like the older the cocktail, the happier I am to make it because there's just something nostalgic about it. There's something about it that, you know, people have been drinking it for hundreds of years. It makes me really happy. This cocktail I'm about to make you is regarded as the most elegant cocktail ever made or the most elegant, the most elegant cocktail of them all. The first time you delivered the line, you screwed up the word cocktail. The second yep. time you delivered the line, you screwed up the word elegant. I don't know what it is with you, but uh, uh, anything classy you struggle with. Come on, buddy. You're a classy guy. You can do this. Listen, I'm just excited to make this cocktail <laughs> All right. that dates back to World War One. Actually, right. dates back. It actually dates back earlier than that. And I'm going to be using this instrument here. Wait, you're going to give me the name of it, or what are you going to do here? What's uh... it's called? The French seventy-five. Okay, all right. Or the soixante-quinze, as it's known in France. Is that true? Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, did I, I say it right? You did. You did. I was more yeah. shocked about that than anything. <laughs> It's a cocktail that is made from gin, champagne, lemon juice, and sugar, or simple syrup. Okay. And uh, this cocktail got its name after the French 75-millimeter light field gun, which, because of its accurate accuracy rate, uh, and it was a mainstay in the French Army during World War I. How interesting, I would like to say. Yep. This is the tool I'm going to be using. Named after ammunition that murdered people, but so yeah. this must be a, a this must be a serious drink over here. It's a drink that definitely packs a bit of a punch. Okay. Uh, it packs a punch more than you would think because it's a champagne-based drink. So you think, oh, it's just champagne, but let's not forget we're putting some hard spirits in there, right? So it's going to pa- pack a little wallop. And I'm going to use a Hawthorne strainer. Which is this strainer here? I don't know if you can describe. You've seen this strainer sure. before. Sure. So it is. It is. I, I've seen it many times, and I've never fully appreciated what it's for. So I'm glad you're showing that. It's got this sort of coil, yeah. a coil ring around a half of the bottom of it. Um, yeah. Tell me. Tell me what this does. This was invented in 1892, and the Hawthorne strainer gets its name not from the inventor, uh, but the Hawthorne Cafe in Boston. Now, the beautiful thing about this particular strainer with the coils is that it's said to fit in any glass. The coils will retract or, you know, uh, four smaller glasses. So you can use this 
to strain just about anything in any sort of glassware. So I'm going to be using this as well. I often use it, but I just figured I'd highlight it today because we are making But something it like that, like it's it's not a fine strainer. So if you had some lemon, you know, the pulp of lemon, it would come through it, but not the seeds of a lemon, right? This kind of thing. Uh, you know, you're you're partially right here. Yeah, the seeds wouldn't come through. Larger objects won't come through the strain because it goes through those holes. The mm -hmm. coils themselves just kind of cushion itself into the, the strainer or oh, the glass okay. you're using, right? Coils are not for straining. Coils no. are just for cushioning. For okay. setting, yeah, for setting it in the glass. I mean, it does offer some straining because it, it will come out of that side, but it mainly comes out of, I'm showing uh, Ali the, the holes that it comes through. And uh, if you're going to strain out things like pulp, you want a fine strainer. That's which right. is something we often use in, in which the show I've seen well. you. Yeah. You've used yeah. that many times. All right. So the thing about this uh, particular cocktail, we're going to shake part of the cocktail and then we're going to top it up with the champagne. So what we're going to do is uh, two ounces of gin and hence the punch it's going to pack. Right. Are you, uh, are you inclined to say which type of gin you're using? Does it matter? Uh, they say to use a London dry gin. Okay. Okay. But I'm just using the gin that I have at home. And then I'm going to use three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, which I have finely strained. So there's no um, pulp, pulp in that. And then three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup. You could even, if you didn't feel like making simple syrup, which I just made by putting, you know, uh, three quarters of an ounce of hot water with three quarters of an ounce of uh, sugar in a small jar. And I just shook it up with the lid on. If anybody thinks simple syrup is difficult, I just do want to remind you, it's a one-to-one -one ratio. One cup sugar, one cup water, and, uh, you know, simmered, or in, in Marco, as he's saying in his case, just some warm water, and you you melted it. I used I used the kettle, and then yeah. and that's it. Yep. All right, so I'm going to put it in my strainer. I'm going to shake this business up. Okay. While you're shaking that up, I have looked up the French 75. Uh, popularized in America at the Stork Club. This is hilarious watching Marco. All, it looks like he's having a uh, an epileptic seizure, but he's actually shaking. Um, I don't know if you know about the Stork Club. It was like in the 40s, 50s, 60s, one of the most prestigious clubs in New York. Uh, this drink has appeared in the movie Casablanca. That's 1942. It is referenced twice in the John Wayne films, A Man Betrayed and A Jet Pilot. And in 2016, it appears in the uh, in the ITV series Mr. Selfridge, set in London in the 10s and the 20s, right around World War One, as Marco was That's saying. Right. Now, I know Casablanca by heart. I don't remember anything about a French 75 being ordered. Well, you know, there was that there is that scene where they're all in the bar and it's the French resistance and they're singing the Marseille. It's pretty yes. uh, spectacular yeah. moment. All right. So I'm using the Hawthorne strainer. I've strained what I've just shaken. You can see it has a nice sort of obscure white color and now i'm going to add the champagne about two ounces but i'm just going to top it up with champagne uh and uh i can pretty much guess what two ounces is going to be that's about two ounces right there and then if you have and i don't have it unfortunately uh a long swirl of lemon peel you would add that to the drink so i'm just going to take a, a quick photo of this drink now Buddy, this is great uh, if you are at home and you are entertaining, something we can't do presently, uh, or if you're entertaining yourself. The only issue is, or, or is it an issue? You tell me if it's an issue. You have to open a bottle of champagne. Yes. Is okay, that so that's a great thing? You know what? So it's great. It's a great, elegant drink to serve friends. Yeah. Listen, if you have a lot of friends over and you want to open a bottle of champagne and uh, share that with them, 
with the French 75, it's great. You'll probably go through it. But if you're just making it for yourself or let's say you're a special someone, you can get these, you know, 200 milliliter small bottles of champagne. And that's what I'm using. Amanda actually got this at a bridal shower or something. It's 200 milliliters of uh, champagne, not very much, but enough to make, I would say about three or four uh, French 75s. And I'm going to taste this drink from World War II and I'll tell you, and I'm not a fan of champagne. So I'll let you know what I think. What do you think of World War II? Are you a fan of that? No, that was a good one. Uh, no, as far as wars nah, go, not my favorite war, but certainly my, my favorite drink. This was a, you can tell this was made in World War One because it does have this sort of we're going to make the world better, French <laughs> resistance, uh, you know, freedom, all that kind of stuff in a glass. It's just hello, beautiful. my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> oh, you know, this is really nice. This is a nice, beautiful cocktail. It has some strength to it. It's refreshing because of the lemon and because of the uh, champagne, uh, highly, highly recommend the French 75. Also, but uh, you know, one thing you're not mentioning now, gin, uh, in, in, in common, uh, what do you want to say? Uh, folklore and no, a folklore is not the right word in, 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 in you know, uh, common parlance. We talk about gin as being a, uh, a panty remover. And yes. then champagne also is something that gets people a little lightheaded and a little horny, you feel yourself a little horny right now. I think you should be addressing. You have double horniness, double horny juice in your drink. Listen, this is certainly going to add a little bit of horn to my daily uh, daily steps. I do want to say this, <laughs> that if you don't have gin, you can use cognac instead of gin in its place. And in fact, if you have this cocktail in New Orleans, they are going to make it with cognac. Okay. Yeah, now, so, let me ask you this. If yeah. you go into a bar... You go into a club or a bar and you order this. Are you getting this? Because they have to pop a bottle of champagne potentially open for you. So how does that work? Great question. So a good quality bar should have champagne that they use for cocktails, whether it be a champagne cocktail or whether it be a Kia Royale or something that they might need to use champagne. They're not going to use an expensive bottle of champagne. They might use Prosecco. They might use something that's uh, lesser quality. But a good bar, a good cocktail bar that you go to, if you ask them for a champagne-based cocktail and they say, sorry, we don't open champagne for cocktails, then, you know, it can't be trusted, in my opinion. If you're going to be a cocktail bar, you got to be able to make classic cocktails, in particular, the French 75. I remember going to a bar and asking if they could shave cucumbers. I was like, do you have cucumber? They go, yeah. And I said, are you able to, to shave it into my uh, gin and tonic? And she goes, I'm not going to shave a cucumber for you. I was what? Like, never coming here. Yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't a cocktail bar. It was like a, a sports oh. bar. I was like, oh, sorry. I just, you know, I thought you had one. So I went, she goes, no, I'm not going to ruin the whole cucumber. And then I can't do, you know, whatever. I don't know what else oh, she wow. does with that cucumber. But uh, I don't want to know. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to. This is a cocktail you need to try, my friend. It's delicious. It's fantastic. You'll really dig it. You really will. I'm not a fan of champagne, but it goes nicely in this drink. Okay. I think it's best if I try it now during the pandemic and not when I'm in front of you and I get my grabby, horny paws all over you in the mm. studio, huh? That would, be, and, uh, that would be a Marco's mouth to remember, just my entire mouth, my hand in your mouth. Try this, Marco. <laughs> I also want to say, do not drink this if you are operating the French 75 millimeter light field gun. I don't recommend the two go together. Ah, some classic humor, huh? That joke went over well in 1918. Hope you guys it's, still enjoyed it. It went better even it went even better in French, my friend. I bet it did. All right, let's move on to 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 some snacks, huh? You feel like eating something? I was born ready to eat. 
My son's like, Papa, I need to start riding a two-wheeler. I'm like, not now, buddy. Papa's doing a podcast. Such a shitty dad. Um, okay, store club can be closed. Let me... Uh... My house is so hot right now because Amanda's making sourdough bread. Oh, wow. The house is like... I'm like, why is it so hot in here? And then I'm like... Oh, you can't go near the kitchen. She's like, I know it's got to heat. It's got to cook for a long time, and it's got to be really odd. I'm like, great. I really, I'm really disappointed at this website. Eat this, not that. The Google ad takes up two-thirds of the screen. Anyway, uh, here we are. Okay. So let's talk about this. So we can just get started, right? So you're born ready? I was born ready, my friend. You know, it's very funny to watch you on your end, <laughs> champagne, gin, uh, horniness inducing drink, and you start off giddy and you end up horny and you're all uh, loose and libaceous. And on my end, I'm like, uh, I made a dish with some beans. I really feel like <laughs> some ogre uh, who's getting no buzz whatsoever and needs it much more than you do, I would say. If we're, I don't know how you can measure horniness from a FaceTime conversation we're having right now. It's in the ears, buddy. It's the I can hear everything. I can hear everything. I know what happens. I know exactly what happens. I can hear your giddiness. So today I wanted to talk about something we have not talked about yet. Uh, the black eyed peas. The oh, beans yes. and not the your your drink, the French 75 was in a bunch of movies. Uh, mine is in music. Yes. My beans are in music. I'm sure they're in many uh, films as well. If I could look up Black Eyed Peas in film references, I'm sure we'd find some. Hugely popular in the southern United States. Uh, North Carolina has a, or South Carolina has some popular dishes. Texas definitely has some popular Black Eyed Peas dishes. I just, I don't know. I, I, I get the feeling there's a lot of people who don't venture into Black Eyed Peas, not really sure what to do with it. Uh, it is so much more versatile than you might think. What, what do you do with black eyed peas, if anything, Marco? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I eat them. When they are served to you by somebody else. Is this how it goes? Yeah, I don't know if we cook uh, tremendously with black eyed peas. Now, that said, you know, my family lived in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So when we were there, we'd often have uh, black eyed peas in certain dishes that were sides. In Florida, there's certain restaurants we go to that which are Southern Floridian style restaurants, and they'll have black eyed peas on the menu. So I'm used to having it as a Southern dish, as you were mentioning. Exactly right. Exactly. Okay. So uh, before we get into the dishes, black eyed peas also, just because we have listeners in different areas, also sure. known as a black eyed bean, goat pea. I never heard of that. Never uh, heard. A subspecies of the cow pea. That sounds very <laughs> unappetizing and uh, grown around the world and um, also called California black eye. Anyway, it's got a black, it's got a black eye. It's got a black yeah. eye. And that's the one we're talking about. That's the only one I imagine, you know, we're talking about, uh, very nutrient dense, protein packed, lots of fiber in them. So very, very good. And, um, other things that we don't talk about uh, often folate, uh, thiamine, iron, copper has a bunch of different nutrients, micronutrients as these are called. So good for you. And, uh, and, 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 um, and, sort of ever present they're around okay so that's hey, what we start with 
Speak for yourself. I talk about thymine every day. Do you? Do you? Yeah. And I like how you say iron. Iron. Did I say iron? <laughs> you said I'm going iron. to iron my clothes while I eat my iron. <laughs> I should yeah, put iron. my ironing board away. Oh, my God. I don't know why I pronounce it that way. Uh, anyway, the, the, the point is very good for you and uh, everywhere. Even a guy like you who doesn't make them has had them sure. in dishes, knows of them. So um, what can you do with black eyed peas? Now, they are very well known as a, as, a, as a nice combination. They go with rice. They go with greens, collard greens, for example. Um, but they are actually any place that beans are welcome you can use black eyed peas. So you can make a black eyed peas hummus, for example. Uh, there is something called um, cowboy caviar. I don't know if you've ever heard of cowboy oh, yes. caviar. I have heard that, yeah. Right? You can make cowboy caviar. Um, Hop and John is that dish that I was talking about that uh, from South Africa, but it has um, West African roots. It's a very, it's, 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 um, it's a dish that's eaten on New Year's Eve classically. Yes. Because it's supposed to give you black, uh, black luck. I just said good luck, not bad or black, just good luck. Yeah. In fact, that's when we would have it most often would be in this restaurant we go to in Florida every New Year's Day. And we have it as one of the meals because it brings good fortune. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to know the, uh, the, the history on that. I don't, but I can, I can definitely look that up. Um, but it's, yeah, it's Carolina peas and rice, basically. It's a peas and rice dish. It's no different from any other beans and rice dish. And you can also add, you know, uh, chopped onions and bacons and scallions and all these kind of things and, and, and tons of different seasoning. Um, uh, some recipes will add, you know, sausage or ham hocks and stuff like that. So it's really like this one pot dish that's... Uh, Pretty good, pretty darn tasty. You also any place you know you can have pasta with um, with black eyed peas in it. You can have uh, so I just want to talk about this uh, Texas yeah, course, cowboy course, yeah. caviar. Yeah, um, it's it's a combination of beans, corn, herbs. It looks like a salad, really. Uh, it can have chunks of avocado in it, but it's something that can very easily be eaten with uh, with nacho chips as well. So it's you, a terrific dish. Uh, Greeks, Greeks make a black eyed pea salad with with a lemon dress salad with, uh, with Kalamata olives and, uh, and sun-dried tomatoes and feta and black eyed peas. Um, you can make all kinds of soups. I came across this one vegan black eyed peas, deep dish pizza. So it's stuffed with black eyed peas. The, the, the dough is stuffed with. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's insanity. It's insanity. So you can have all kinds of different things from salads to stews to now what I found out is pizza stuffings. Here's what I did. I made the, um, I I've gotten a bunch of, I think we talked about this on past episodes. We've talked about this a bunch of times where I've been getting dried beans, right? Trying to sort right. of like, yeah. uh, as, as the price of all groceries go up, I said, let me, let me get more a bang for the buck. I think you benefit a little bit. There's there's less sodium, obviously, sure. uh, in your diet as soon as you you know, migrate a little bit away from canned vegetables and and canned uh, canned goods. So we have a massive bag of black eyed peas. Time to start using it. So yesterday I did what I do. No plan. All I know is I'm going to soak these overnight. Now, no plan. The plan okay. is in the morning. But but you can't have a you can't have an idea in the morning and then have black eyed peas for lunch or or any dried bean for lunch. They require minimum four or five hours of soaking. Right. So I soaked them overnight, and then this morning I got up, put the Le Creuset on, and yes. then I uh, I just got to work. You know, I put uh, I made it semi 
uh, Indian influenced. I um, I browned some onions. Beautiful. A little bit of brown there. A uh, bunch of garlic. I put in some cumin seeds, some garam masala, some turmeric. I added some tomatoes and some tomato paste. Then I added some, uh, you know, I cooked that for about 15 minutes. It started to stick quite a bit at the bottom. I was like, oh my God, my first burnt dish in my Le Creuset. Not at all. As soon as oh, I wow. added a little bit of stock and I added these beans and I cooked them for about, I would say it was probably 40 minutes in the end. It is, I want to just show you what this is. And uh, okay. at the end, I had some, I had some, what do you call these, um, Swiss red chard. So I added this. How do I, I need to I see your computer and I see some yes. paper. Now I see you. Now I see your wall. Uh, uh, now I gosh. see you. Okay. Oh, so here it is. Very nice. So it's that, that, um, because of that burning that was happening and it wasn't yeah. burning, but it was just sticking at the bottom. The tomato, instead of just being red, got very brown, very yeah. deep in color. And then I added this Swiss chard, which is a deep, deep green with the red running through the leaves. So it's this dark, dark color. It's very Beautiful. tangy because of the tomato and the lemon, which I'm uh, really, really enjoying. And we ate it with, um, I'm sure you're familiar with this fresh, fresh pita bread. You know this pita bread that the day you buy it, it's just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. The yeah. one... 10 per customer limit yes. these bags. So it is a fresher. And, you know, I I go through, I'm going to cut out gluten. I'm going to chill out on the bread. Sure. You put one of these fresh Middle Eastern pitas in front of me. Forget it. I'm toast. I'm finished. It's over. The next day, I have to warm it. I have to, you know, wet it, dampen it a yep. little bit. You have to toast it. Not as good. Not as good. Still great, but not as good. When it is fresh that day, still warm when you buy it. We had that with these uh, with these green beans and a few, uh, you know, uh, chopped up cucumbers and radishes for lunch. Beautiful. It was fantastic. Fantastic. You know how you know how the Brits will put peas on toast. Sure, beans on. I toast. I bet those beans on toast for breakfast with eggs would be out of this world. What you made there. My friend, I went to the, uh, I went back to the old uh, watering hole, as it were, the uh, the same website, Gather, Grow, and Co. that I talked to you about yeah. a few weeks ago, and we ordered again. Basically, what I'm doing is I'm ordering sourdough bread, and then about seventy to eighty dollars worth of groceries Beautiful. around the bread. We're making sourdough bread, and my house is so hot right now because of the sourdough bread. You might think <laughs> I'm sweating from the French seventy-five, but it's because my home is now a bakery. And I've got to wear shorts because it's far too hot in this house. I will be so upset if your wife comes downstairs and puts a piece of sourdough bread in your mouth. What's in Marco's mouth? You know, that's not the way we treat you. We don't teach you, treat you with love and respect. We no. treat you by shoving something horrid in your mouth typically. So I hope, now, uh, I hope that continues. I want to say from our drink from World War II, the Black Eyed Pea and its uh, association with good luck actually stems to the Civil War. So this is a war episode, if you will. Uh, so the practice of black eyed peas, as you mentioned, were eaten traditionally in the South. And because prior to that, they were they were just fed to livestock. So they were they were viewed as a nothing grain, not fit for human consumption. Right. And uh, the Union Army troops, when they stormed in, uh, they they took all the supplies from the Confederates, but they left them the black eyed peas because it was viewed as food for livestock. And the Confederate soldiers survived by eating that legume. And so that's why it's considered good luck. And you'll see it on a New Year's uh, Day arrest, uh, menu. 
That's a fantastic story. Yeah. I love the idea that they left them like, here, see what you could do with this, losers. And they were like, oh, we're going to make it delicious because that's what it is. I wonder what they took with them. They took everything else. They took the livestock. They took uh, a whole bunch of stuff, food, and left them with uh, just the black eyed peas and I believe lard or... um, yeah, it was like lard. And so with that, they were able to make it. Now, you'll often see when we talk about that New Year's Day menu, and we'll we'll do it come uh, December. We'll we'll talk about this uh, towards the end of December. But you'll often see it with cornbread, black eyed peas, and collard greens as the New Year's Day uh, uh, menu. That's great. And uh, look, you, you don't have to be from a war era to, uh, to eat uh, and enjoy. In fact, you know, uh, black eyed peas have come a long way. One of the most beautiful recipes is such a great picture I see here on, um, on, uh, on this recipe site was a uh, chipotle black eyed peed hummus. As I was telling you at the beginning, you can make anything you can do with uh, other beans. You can do with, with uh, black eyed peas also. They're, it is this gorgeous orange kind of rust orange color with the chipotle and the black eyed peas mix. And I just, you know, it's rare that a, a picture makes my mouth water, but it's uh, absolutely fantastic looking. I've always admired the hardiness that a black eyed pea has. It doesn't mush like other beans tend to. It tends to add, it, it's a, it tends to be a little bit more robust and yeah. that's a really nice uh, aspect to it. Yeah. And it is going to taste great on that sourdough that's coming tomorrow. So thank okay. you for that. No All problem. Right. All right. Uh, do you have any more black IP information that you would like to give? <laughs> I mean, I can find some. If no, no, I'm uh, just asking um, before we head to our next segment. Oh, I you're mean, just being courteous. I mean, I'm trying to. I'm half in the bag from this drink. I'm not going. I'm not going to lie to you. You don't need to lie to me, buddy. We can hear it in our ears. I'm. I'm sure the listeners are well aware as well. Um, it's good. It's good. I. I. You know. I'm sure there's people doing things with, I, I, I really like that story you just told because mm-hmm. the way the black eyed pea was left to the, uh, to the, the, the South, like here, this is all you get yeah. uh, almost as a punishment. I feel there are maybe still people who associate it with, I don't know, either poverty or just sort of like uh, just some, some forgotten cooking that's around sometimes. Um, but I will post this recipe on our site. Beautiful. And, uh, I encourage you to try it. And uh, as I said, the key is you just got to soak those beans the night before and you get going in the morning in a nice uh, heavy bottom pot, a Dutch oven, whatever you want to call it. And uh, you'll have something great on your hands. Uh, great for vegans. Like you said, uh, it provides the protein that a lot of vegetarians and vegans might not or might be concerned with. Uh, definitely, definitely look to the black eyed pea. Look to it. Huh? Yeah, look to there it. You please. Go. There All you right. go. Speaking of black eyes, it's time for me to put on my uh, blindfold. What's in Marco's mouth? That's right. What's in Marco's mouth? It's nothing dirty. We're guessing. We're messing. Let's find out. What's in Marco's mouth? Amanda's going to try the French 75. I'm going to put on my blindfold. Great, great. That's what we need. Two horny married people in a booth. Yeah, you never. Te- he said you never texted him. She wrote it out for you, Ellie. Oh, did she? Yeah. Can he read it? Can you read it? She's asking. Yeah, I sure can. He sure great. can. Okay, good. Good. He's ready. Okay. Good. Uh, How much of the drink is she having, Marco? Do we need the? Do we need the two of you horny people to be this close together? 
Ali wants to know how much of the drink that you had, and this drink makes you horny, so I want to know. What? He wants to supposedly <laughs> let's all gin and champagne. Come on, gin and champagne. What do you think of it? It's good. Mm. Okay. All right. Marco okay, has hit really the blind. Okay. okay. Ready? Yep. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be different because I'm not going to feed it to you. Oh, she's not going to feed it to me. I like this. You're going to put it in my hand. Yeah. Oh, shit. What the hell is this? Oh, it's the plate. You got to tell me when you're going to put a plate in my hand. Usually, Ali just puts the item in my hand. All right. What is this? Oh, it smells good. Oh, this. See, this I can get behind. <laughs> and and we can't have too much of this. We can't have something that makes you smile. This is ridiculous. Oh, man. I've been waiting for this day. I've been no. waiting for a sweet item to put in my mouth. It's a cookie. It's got texture to it. It's it's like oat. It's, it's an a oat with texture. It's got flavor to it, but it's not super sweet. It's got oats in it. It is uh, sweet, but not super sweet. It's an oatmeal cookie. It has to be an oatmeal cookie. It can't be anything but an oatmeal cookie. What else is in that cookie? Tell me oh, what shit. else besides okay. oats. Come on. Come on. You think it's a free ride here, bud? Fuck. Okay. It has oats in it. Flax meal. Um, it's an oatmeal cookie. I don't know what else could possibly have in it. Um, okay, final guess. Unless, unless you guys put something gross in this fucking thing. No, I, I hope Amanda did. Um, it's an oatmeal cookie. So it's okay. What does an oatmeal cookie normally have in it? No raisins. It has. It's a raisinless oatmeal cookie. There's nothing in it. Just oats. It's just oats. I'm asking. Oats, flour, water, sugar, butter. Okay, so you're saying oatmeal cookie, final oatmeal answer. Cookie. That's why I'm, I know okay. I'm going to get it wrong because everybody seems to be pointing me. Well, no, I'm, we just want to make sure. We want to yeah, make sure. It's an oatmeal. Now I'm getting nervous because it seems like you guys did something wretched to this thing. But no, it tastes I good. Wish, I wish I'm going to take had, my but... blindfold off. I say oatmeal cookie. Oh, is that raisins? Blueberries. And? Uh, I don't know. Two my distinct just... things in there. Two distinct things Coconut? in there, I and chocolate chips. Okay. No chocolate chips. Okay. Blueberry <laughs> chocolate chip. Blueberry oatmeal cookie. But it's, an, very, it's an oatmeal cookie, my it's goodness. It's oatmeal cookie, you but buddy, come on. some really gross things. Yeah. <laughs> I took it easy on you this week. She took okay, it but, easy on me. She okay, said, tell, I, tell her we, everyone can have an off week, but then next next week, let's get back to the no, you know, no mercy. Come on. Say it. Said, everyone say everyone it. can have an off week, but next week we have to show no mercy. Okay. I had some really nasty things lined up, but it's, good. You, it's been hard for you. It's so. been hard for me. I mean, COVID is hard enough. Having my wife poison me while you're on the other end laughing in my face. <laughs> I'm going to give myself this one because it was an oatmeal cookie. I mean, the re the blueberries and the chocolate chips kind of dissipated in the amount of oats that we had there. True. I mean, yeah. It's no, you can't. Like it wasn't satisfying. No, no, it's great. No, it's no, great. no, it's great. It's great. It's just that Marco was treated with respect, which was. Which... She said the oven was already on. That's I hear everything she says, okay. buddy. Bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Thanks, Amanda. So not satisfying for you, but very satisfying for me. The oatmeal cookie. You never give me anything sweet, so for me, I'm extremely happy. It's I'm gonna good. take another sip of my French seventy-five. It's nice, buddy. Man, look, I just. Again, you're you're sitting there buzzed and uh, and eating cookies. It's what a good life. I gotta I gotta get out of this basement with these beans, although they were delicious. But you know, I, I wouldn't mind a drink and a cookie. My God, what is the ideal cookie to go with your drink of choice? Um, buddy, you know I don't like a sweet drink. So my yeah, like, I, I I love a margarita. I love a margarita, and I will say go 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 
easy on the syrup. Typically for me, the triple sec is enough. Maybe sure. a little bit of uh, agave syrup, but, but less than half of what you'd normally put in. So what would go well as a cookie? Nothing. It's it's nachos and salsa or nachos and guacamole with a margarita. Sure. You know what I mean? I'm a, not churro. A, a churro. Is a the churro. A churro with a margarita? I don't know. I don't Have know you ever good. had vin santo with a biscotti or a cantucci dipped into it? No, I haven't. All right. Well, we'll have to do that when we can see each other, my friend. All right. I'll, I'll leave that as a dangler for our again, listeners. Again, the list of things that we have to do when we meet grows. Let me let me write that down. Write afterwards. that down, my friend. Okay. Write it down. Okay. All right, buddy. That was nice. That was that nice. was fun. You know, uh, French seventy five revisits fr- something from the early nineteen hundreds. Um, Black eyed peas revisits something from the eighteen hundreds. Friends, you got you know? it. Let's revisit some of these classic ingredients and and give them a a contemporary shine. And um, Marco treated nice, not the way I would have done it, to be honest, but he has to live with her. She has to live with him. So I had to do it. uh, They they had to have a little bit of a a balance there. I think she felt bad after she poisoned me with the aloe vera. First of all, you did you look up aloe vera? There's no poison in it. It's actually good for you, top to bottom, inside and out. When I when you come here, I'm going to give you a stick of aloe vera, and I will expect you to eat it like a celery stick. I'll even I, give you blue cheese dressing on the side and see how much you enjoy it. <laughs> and I'm blindfolded. Yeah, probably not a lot. Anyway, you're a great sport, buddy. All right, uh, we'll talk again soon. Uh, that is Marco Tampano. I'm Ali Hassan. Until we eat and drink again. We hope you got your fill of Eat and Drink with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Eat Drink. Email them your cocktail and food suggestions to podcasteatdrink at gmail.com. Until the next episode, bottoms up. Bottoms up.